On today's episode of Race, we'll be debating the role of sports in Asian culture and tackle trending topics, including Masai Ujiri's vindication and Aaron O'Toole's campaign to take back Canada. What up, what up, listeners, and welcome to Rice Asian Comedy Podcast, where we share the Asian perspective on entertainment, culture, and trending topics. I'm your host, Vong Show, official spokesperson for Gay Super Cute Asians. And on our panel, we have the distinguished Jennifer Shang. Hi, everyone. And the hilarious Leonard Chan. Ahoy, hoy. <laughs> Um, Okay, so today's main topic is the importance of sport in Asian culture. So I will first throw over to Leonard. And uh, what role did sports play in your upbringing and your family? Um, Man, like, so when I uh, was a kid, I used to do gymnastics a bunch. And then, uh, yeah, it got to the point where it was just like, it's either Olympics or school. And my parents are like, school. So off I went. (laughs) to study and then when i was in school the uh the teachers were like well he needs extracurriculars or he's not going to get into university so my parents are like to the sports. so back to the sports <laughs> and uh so yeah i did like track and field and basketball and volleyball and like all sorts of sports and uh yeah it turns out i was pretty good at it and so then it was interesting because like i guess i was always like the nerdy sort of studied kid you know the way everybody assumes an asian is that was who I was. And, uh, but then when I was good at sports, then it kind of like changed how like the other kids saw me. And, um, you know, it was kind of, it was cool. I went to offset for triple jump. I had like a, a Toronto record for, for long jump. Um, it was, it was fun because I was like the Asian kid who could beat the black kids at sports. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you were useless unless you could <laughs> beat like some of the public school black kids because and uh which sounds racist but that's just how it was uh, and uh i don't know i guess it's like how baseball wasn't really like basketball wasn't really basketball until they started like <laughs> it was just white people it's like well who gives a shit <laughs> right They're all playing under the rim who cares it's not really real um, okay, uh, uh, quick note, I'm going to cut you off because we just got a note from Manga who says they can't hear you, Leonard. Um, Jennifer, can oh. you do a quick sound check for me? Hi. <laughs> can you hear me? Testing, testing. One, two, three. Un, dos, tres. Dun, 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 dun. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I can I can hear both of you. Um, okay. Uh, Okay, I, I think I think we're good. Um, okay, yeah. I, I, uh, thank you, uh, Manga, for sending in that note. If there's more sound issues, please let us know. But I do think we're working. Um, okay, back to Leonard. Um, yeah, so <laughs> I'm sorry that if you can't hear me. Uh, maybe I'll just mime everything. <laughs> so I don't know. I think sports is important. Like in my upbringing, it was really important because like, I did two different kinds of sports. I did track and field, and I did so that's like a very individual thing, except for the relays. And then I did uh, volleyball and basketball, both of which are very much team sports. So then it really, you know, it taught me different things, right? Like individual sports, it was like just work hard, and then you can like get better. I mean, all of this was work hard, you get better. But like with individual stuff, it's really like the person you're trying to beat is yourself, and because none of the other people around you affect you at all, really. 
Uh, it's all about just getting better. And then for basketball or volleyball, it was like learning to work as a team and so on and so forth and all that that fun stuff. Um, so, yeah, I think it was really important. I'm really glad I did a lot of sports. Also, now that I'm in my 40s, I have to keep doing it uh, or I'm going to get fat real fast and it's never <laughs> going to get – I'll never be able to get it off. It's going to be horrible. So. <laughs> You've lost the most weight during this pandemic, Leonard. Because of all the sports. <laughs> <laughs> also, because I'm not doing comedy right now. There's no stand-ups. I'm not out drinking every night. I'm not like I'm seeing. I'm not seeing my friends and like eating every night. Like easily a difference of 900 calories a day <laughs> for like months. <laughs> Your metabolism is still great. It seems. Uh, nah, I mean, pri prior to pandemic, it was one of those situations where it's like, you know, like I look okay with clothes on, but when you take it off, it's like, oh no, that's a shambles. Wow. <laughs> okay. Now it's fine. And over to you, Jennifer, did you play sports growing up? I did. And I loved it really. Um, it like Leonard started with gymnastics. Uh, basically, um, my father threw me in the air. <laughs> uh, when he saw how big my head was coming out of my mother, they had to use forceps. And he was so horrified. He was like, ah! when the nurse handed me to him. Um, no, but gymnastics was uh, a thing that I did when I was like, what, five, six years old. And it was like rhythmic gymnastics. So it wasn't like the tumbling pool time where you're like on the vault and the bars and like kind of like the Chinese gymnast stuff. It's more of that like rhythmic dance crap where you're throwing <laughs> balls and clubs, you know, perfect for little girls. Right. <laughs> uh, and ribbon and all that stuff. So I lost, I remember like just going to the competition and having like, I like, I even remember that I had a camel toe at that for <laughs> these yellow leotards and I looked down and I was crossing my legs and I'm like this is too tight um but it was fine we went to Red Lobster after the, uh, the competition and that was the best part that was the real prize me picking the toy out of that pirate treasure box that they used to hand out I don't know if they still do oh, but then the Chesapeake Bay biscuits because that like uh, or Cheddar Bay whatever it is because those are I mean if you're gonna go to Red Lobster and you take anything away from it. Oh it's God. the fucking cheese biscuits, man. Like, They're so good. <laughs> They're so good. I have a box of like the mix in my basement right now. And like, I have not touched it because this is the only way I can keep the, the pounds off. <laughs> but Cheddar Bay Biscuits, I'm going to be made of cheddar. It's horrible. Um, um, Manga is from YouTube. Just gave Jennifer three uh, laugh out loud emojis. Um, so I'll Funny. just uh, I'll, I'll just I'll jump in a little bit. I have to admit, I was fixing the technical issues, so I kind of didn't really hear what either of you said. So um, if you, I might ask you to to repeat some of that, or if or if it seems like I'm not. Um, building off of anything you said it's because i literally have no idea what you said um so uh <laughs> on to what bond is gonna open with so as a lot of you know i am from the ghetto so in the ghetto so okay, so nothing <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know this is so the different sports. sports in the ghetto but no actually um uh, leonard one quick thing you're you're focused um you're out of focus now for some reason 
Okay, well, while, while while you fix that, I'll just uh, I'll just go on my rant. Um, uh, big, big apologies to uh, people listening to the podcast or on the live stream. Um, I'm not sure why we're having so many technical difficulties today, but um, okay. So for me, um, playing playing sports was huge, mainly because of my dad. He plays everything from like badminton to tennis to table tennis to soccer to uh, basically anything you can imagine um and and now that he's older he 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 plays golf like for us it was actually a big part of our cultural identity because a lot of the sports we played were with the you know like the Lao association or like the asian whatever um sports clubs it was a way to interact with people from our community um and then you just have more to talk about than just both being Asian or both being from Laos, you know, it's sort of like, uh, it's, it's like a, a secondary activity that you, um, that, that you have in common. I'll say the, the common thread with the sports that we played was that they were sports that for the most part, it was advantageous to be Asian sized. Um, like <laughs> say with, say, no, okay. No, so okay, so so like for for instance, like badminton, right? So badminton, um, if you're over five foot eight, it actually becomes um it, it becomes not a great thing because so it so in badminton what people don't realize is most of the points aren't ended by like hitting it out of somebody's reach. It's usually mm-hmm. ended by smashing it right at them. And and basically, if, if you think about it, like the only places you can't defend with a racket just because the racket is so long is your shoulder and your hip. And yeah. if you're like five foot six, five foot eight, which is like most Asians, and I think um, five foot six is the median height in Asia, it's like you can like, you know, matrix your way out of, you know, getting getting hit so you can like defend really well. Whereas whenever you're playing like tall white guys, like you would literally just keep hitting them. It'd be like target practice. It'd be actually every time we had like a tall white guy, we'd always laugh because almost every point we're just like smashing it right into his body. Um so you know that there's I just, I just love that every single story of yours is about abusing white people. <laughs> <laughs> and just like firing talks at people. <laughs> well, you know what's even worse than abusing white people is a lot of the sports they play. Um, I always tell girls, like if I had a daughter, I'd tell her never play like mixed doubles in any sport because in both badminton and tennis, the entire goal is hit the girl. And it's it's not even like it's not even like this shady trick. Like literally, if you have a good coach, that's what he'll tell you. And if you watch, um, if you watch mixed doubles in tennis or badminton, like at the Olympics or at Wimbledon, literally almost every point is just targeting the girl. And most of the time, it ends with the ball or the birdie like hitting her. So Man. do not put your girls in mixed doubles. It is it is not fun. Like I've hit so many girls like straight like in the forehead. It's not good. Um, my my cousin was a Ontario badminton champion, so I I dare you to do that to her. I played her one time. Oh really? And it was she was just making me run. She was standing in one place. I was literally running all over the court. Going, she beat me like fifteen to one or something nuts. And I think I ran a marathon. And she moved <laughs> literally like in a one foot radius. 
Yeah, you Up know, there. there's there's different levels because back in Winnipeg, I was like the the reigning the reigning city champion, and uh, for for badminton. And I was like all high on myself and I was so good. And then my dad, who was basically playing on one leg, I think he, he used to play for like, the, you know, for like the national team back in our old country. Like literally at the at the height of my badminton, I thought I was all good. Come here, comes my one legged dad. He beat me fifteen to one, and I'm pretty sure the one was a pity point because he saw oh, yeah. I was like about to cry. Um, <laughs> so you know, now like, this one represents the only leg <laughs> I use to beat you. Yeah, and so now that I'm older, it's kind of funny because I sort of took his strategy but applied it less to like the Asian community and more to like the gay community. So I play like a ton of different gay sports. Like, you know, volleyball, he football. You mean sports with gay people, not yes. just gay sports? <laughs> yes, like gay volleyball, gay tennis, gay, not just like gay, gay, like gay something. Um, gay badminton, gay tennis. And so it really is like you really find community. And then they have like these giant like gay Olympics where you get like between 10 to 20,000 gay athletes that we all go to like some really fancy Not Sochi. Place. No, no, not Sochi. <laughs> no gay Olympics in Russia for sure. <laughs> no, but like the, the great thing about these gay Olympics is, is like you get the full Olympic experience. Like, no, I know it's different because like Jennifer actually gets the real Olympic experience because of her husband. But like for like yeah. a gay who's not married to, to somebody who, who runs like the. Because the... <laughs> I like I was a sports anchor and I reported on the Olympics. I don't want to ride on his friggin coattails anymore, Bong. Stop <laughs> <laughs> okay that too that too sorry jennifer um didn't mean to take away your agency um, as a woman <laughs> um so the no, wait, wait wait like when you it was like the true gay experience because like what the one thing i always hear about the olympics is like they basically do all devolve into massive orgies yeah like you have these like that... in the olympic village after the games it doesn't matter <laughs> you don't segregate gay olympics the olympics are by definition gay in that <laughs> I mean, that's true. Like, you see, like, the old, like, uh, pictures of, like, the gay limb. It's just, like, just dude nude wrestling. Like, that's the that was the Olympics. Just a bunch of Greek oiled up dudes <laughs> wrestling each other. And it's like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's... The gay Olympics are definitely interesting. Um, and I'll, 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 I'll leave it at that for this particular podcast. Um, I'll, um, since this is more like we of... should explore this let's just do a whole new podcast on just the gay olympics well, let's do like a long Q&A like... well it's mainly because... I call this event the pole vault <laughs> it's mainly because this is more of like our Asian audience I think for my more gay audience sure. I, I would probably go into it a little bit more as we saw in the January um, the Chinese New Year show when I started talking about gay stuff Half the audience um, was really confused. So yeah, my parents didn't understand all the cock <laughs> jokes. <laughs> what was the line that you said? You had a line that was like, "I was like, I this was supposed to be clean." And for, oh, yeah, oh. and it was like, and you did like the dirtiest set, Bong. It was so filthy, and I was like, ah. <laughs> only because that's the part that's not going into the actual special. Only the Asian stuff, yeah. none of the gay stuff. But yeah, I think my seventy-year-old mother was like, "I did not care for that." <laughs> Yeah, not, and not because of the gay stuff. It's just like the filth. <laughs> like she's okay with gay people. She's just like, but well, that was really dirty. 
<laughs> yeah, I think I think my punchline on that was uh, I think the word I punched on was was uh, was cock raped. I think that's the one that yeah, um, cock rape. That's it. Yeah. yeah, my mother does not care for cock rape. I <laughs> just yeah. what is that like being a male chicken? No, that's like when you force the penis into you. So you're not, it's not the penis raping as you're raping the penis. It's like the reverse. Anyway, anyway. <laughs> Anyways. We like the Olympics. Women, this, this is part of the men. decathlon. How women rape men, right? The, yeah, 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 yeah. They can't rape men, but te- technically there's a cock rape. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, ha- it happens more with gays. Men. Okay, that makes sense. Sports. <laughs> okay, so, so back, back just like, to so what is it? it's like it's like Gatorade, right? It's the cock rape and like and sports is all Gatorade. Is it in you? <laughs> <laughs> okay, th- this is why I didn't want to talk about gay stuff on the on the Asian podcast. But okay, let's let's get back to let's get back to sports. Um, so uh, so the so going going back to. Uh, Going back to Leonard, um, well, what sports are popular in Asian countries versus non-Asian countries? The great thing about this is because I've never lived in an Asian country. I'm guessing based purely on stereotypes. So I'm like, <laughs> well, they're Asian, so they must love ping pong and badminton, and uh, and I assume martial arts um, because you know, like I think, like why don't we? What, what the national sport of China is? What is the national sport of China? Ping pong. Is it really? Yeah. <laughs> you said that with no confidence. The level of confidence with which you said that was not enough to convince me. No, no. It's, it's basketball now or soccer. No, but the national, like the, like, you know how like yeah, the Canadian like national sport is actually official. like lacrosse, like hockey for the winter, but lacrosse. But then like for China, I don't know what it is. Um, okay. I know what you mean. Um, then that would definitely be ping pong. Okay, cool. I love ping pong. Like, I'm super into... Like, I, I have a custom racket. Don't uh, you think it's such a racist name for sport? Well, but the, that's not the real name, though. That's a, that's, the, that's a brand name. There's a brand called ping pong. It's it's actually called table tennis. And Jennifer... It, uh, Jennifer is, is right. It is um it is the official sport of China. I just Googled it. Nice. Yeah. That's cool. Like, you know, the, the Asians are like, you know what? Real tennis... So inefficient. We can do the same thing, but with a quarter of the size. That's my argument. Uh, my argument is, guys, if ping pong or table tennis is an Olympic sport, then don't you think air hockey should be too? <laughs> well, you no. know, on on the on the whole thing <laughs> about like baby tennis, it's like you play it in a basement. I mean, they're going to make ballroom dancing an Olympic sport. I think chess was always an Olympic sport, and poker they're considering that the Olympic sport. And I was like, no. No. Oh, no. You, you know, that that's the funny thing. In the Gay Olympics, they have bridge. And it's one of the most popular sports, actually. Um, but yeah, on the issue of, of Olympic sports, it's crazy. Because I think they're trying to take away, like, wrestling. But then they added trampoline um, in a year Tram- where they didn't allow in badminton. And I was like, what's more legitimate as a sport, trampoline or badminton? I was like... But now, now they're both in. Um, just a shout out to uh, Mini Milk from um, from Twitch, our very first Twitch commenter. Um, I feel like uh, we've we've broadcast on Twitch for like the past month, and we've had uh, zero viewers. So yay, we, we oh, have somebody. And on now we Twitch. have. <laughs> <laughs> um, What's the comment? 
Uh, damn, bro, never saw anybody rocking red glasses as great as you. You go, bro. Thank you. Nice. Um, but um, so w- one one thing with um with different with different sports too is um, you know, I do want to mention like the rise of esports. Like definitely, yeah, it's a real thing. Yeah, like it def- is. definitely in Japan, and then afterwards South Korea, and um, you know, obviously China as well. But it's taking over the world. There was this whole thing where it was going to become like an official sport during the Tokyo Olympics, but then they reneged on it because too many people were upset about adding esport. But like, they really need to. Um, and just for a bit of background, especially during a pandemic. Yeah, I, yeah. I feel like esports is like dance, dance revolution, but for your hands. Yeah, you know, people don't understand like why people would tune in to to esports well obviously our our um listener from from twitch would understand because that's the whole aspect of twitch but but like but the problem is it's like not everybody understands the rules of each of these sports i guess like then then it's like a whole new thing you got to teach people like how does i mean honestly i i've watched like league of legends games like this is fucking fascinating like if you understand the game it's kind of like basketball it's really cool but i don't know like maybe it's just like they think like most people aren't going to want to watch because it's when you watch like a sport, like when people are physically doing a sport, even if you don't understand the sport, sometimes you can be like, holy shit, I can't believe a human did that. Meanwhile, if you're watching an esport, you're just like, holy shit, I can't believe that animation happened. Ooh. You know, like you can't really ascribe. Yeah. It's harder to make the connection between how no, good somebody is with what you're seeing right. on screen. Because you're so like, I think that's the isn't doing those. But I think with the esports, it's also like, it's the time to appreciate the puppet master. It's the time to be like, whoa, Sam Worthington, you know, Stephen Hawking. Like, it gives them the chance. Are you just naming people in wheelchairs? No, but it does give people the chance who are not, like, leg dexterous a chance to do something that they <laughs> yeah. that they want. I'm looking at the pros right now, right? Like, let's yeah. say you, you, you are. Yeah, are. Are a lot of, like, esports pros... I don't know. Not 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 that like I'm aware of. Not that not that I'm aware of. Although I will give a shout out to Microsoft because they do make this um, this controller that is modular and like just giant buttons, um, just to make gaming more more. Um, more accessible accessible there's the word um but no for 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 me i think it's generational too because the reason why people can watch sports on tv and understand is most of the time because they played it growing up like in school yeah um but the new generation they grew up playing video games so they understand that language so when they watch they actually get it and like i i was actually i'm not sure if um if uh, if either of you know this but when i was young i actually you know, before this whole esports thing came in, I was a competitive Street Fighter player. Like I used to travel around North America playing Street Fighter, so I okay, was well, like way. Who's, early. The, who's your? Who's your that? Usually, usually I usually Ken? played uh, Ryu or Chun Li, or it it changed in every game. It it depended Ryu. on like what the what the best character. Because uh, Ryu, the, so the difference between Ryu and Ken was like the the Shoryu Ken was like Ken kind of moves forward a bit more, and then Ryu just kind of goes straight up. Was that? Yeah, I think as the games went on, they became more and more different. Like uh, Ken had more like leg based attacks, and uh, mm. and uh, Ryu had more. I don't know. There's it 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 it. I don't know. I I think most most of the games it kind of went back and forth. Who was better? Like I know on Super Street Fighter Two Turbo, more people thought Ken was better, but I still stuck to yeah. Ryu. So who knows? Everybody has their favorites. But I remember you, you, you put insane. 
sport. I know I'm just going to ask you guys a question. I've been watching this sport. That I didn't even know it was a sport this entire pandemic. So, like, you're talking about how people are going to figure out esports and adopt. And I was like, okay, yeah. you know what makes sense? Because I've been watching this sport during pandemic called cornhole. <laughs> Have you heard of that? Which, by the way, no. sounds like a gay Olympic event. But, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what is cornhole? I don't know. Have you ever, you know, that party game where you have like boards with a hole in it and then you got to like throw a bag into the hole? That's cornhole. Yeah. There's like, it's what? like ESPN. There's like a professional league. And I was like, what? This is a thing? And I, and I was like, I can't believe this is a thing. And I started watching it and I was like, this is fucking riveting. It's like a combination of curling and like there's all this strategy and shit. But I remember I was watching. It's kind of like the qualifiers for the national championship. And I was like, this is a qualifier. I was like, this is a national championship. Like, it's bigger than this. And like, the qualifiers were in a bowling alley. And I was like, if you have a sport where the qualifiers are in the bowling alley and that sport is not bowling, then you're not a sport. Well, <laughs> game at Chuck E. Cheese's where you roll the ball and it goes into like various holes at different levels. Oh, ski ball. Yeah, like that. So it kind of looks like that, but it rolls. But I think your cornhole thing is it has to levitate in the air. It's, well, it's not a ball. It's not a, it doesn't levitate. You, you toss it. It's like a bag of corn. So as you can imagine, by the way, like the place where the sport originated is a place where there's a lot of corn that they put in bags. So like all the players and the audience, very monochromatic. <laughs> like tin or something. It's all white. Yeah. Um, but these, like, it's it, this is. I'm like, this is crazy. What these professionals can do, like, it's like 27 feet away, and they're like fucking taking this bag, which is about like this big, and they're just like, and like some of them like just goes right into the hole, which is called an airmail, by the way. That's <laughs> that's I don't know, fascinating sport. It's on YouTube, deep dive. It's ah, <laughs> it's great. Um, okay, cool. Um, let's head over to Jennifer to talk about the importance of sports success in international competitions to um, different Asian countries. Obviously, as, men as uh, Jennifer mentioned, she lived in China um, and specifically went there to cover the, the uh, Beijing Olympics. And the Olympics, of course, are coming back to China very soon for the Winter Olympics. So, um, yeah, you know, what... what what does success in the Olympics and other international um, sports mean to uh, China? Well, it's a huge soft power thing. You know what I mean? Like there's so much unspoken politics that is tied up in international sports. And obviously the most popular ones worldwide, we have soccer, of course, hugely popular. And in Asia, it is, it's popular in both Asian countries and all over Europe. Not so much, I would say, like the soccer with the soccer ball, like you you have like, you know, from, like who came to L.A. Galaxy. No, it's popular for young kids, but like people don't die over soccer, like the kicking of the ball soccer here in Canada and the U.S. as we do for, you know, NFL football or basketball. So there's there. It's definitely more popular internationally. And I think I want to talk about China because with China, right, like. The country is very good at the small ball games, ping pong, badminton, half, kind of half a ball. You know, even golf is getting up there. Snooker, okay? Um, but China is so fixated on the big ball games, basketball, soccer, and volleyball. And they've had success with their women's volleyball team. Mm -hmm. They're really good. I love the women's volleyball but team. They even recruited uh, the Chinese coach in the U.S., 
So basically volleyball, you know, three times they've won the Olympic gold. Um, and, and that was a huge acclaim for them in most recently in Rio in 2016. Uh, but where I think they would really like to see improvement is in basketball. As you know, basketball is huge in China. Um, like David, my husband used to, uh, run the NBA there and it's not really running a basketball league, but it's more so just because you, you, there's like so much money to be made in terms of its marketing and commercial success. Of course, now that whole relationship is tarnished, but thanks Daryl Morey. I mean, (laughs) a a medium ball that China is also proud of is tennis. That's a huge thing, right? Mm -hmm. Tennis is also like uh, internationally popular and they've produced quite a few, uh, while Li Na would be the famous tennis player that they have you yep. know and two, chinese two-time grand definitely. slam champion Li Na. yep yep there's and michael chang from way back when michael chang and then we have naomi osaka who is a u.s open winner who beat serena williams do you remember the match she had with serena and serena kind of threw a fit and she mm-hmm. actually cried because she's like yeah. oh my god you're my idol so i think naomi osaka is half japanese half black I was going to say, like, by we, you mean Asians in general, right? Not Chinese? Because I was like, no, was I referring to we? Um, I didn't I didn't mean that. But I will say, like, I think for the Asian countries, like, of course, if you go to Japan, Taiwan, um, China, like, they do have team sports and they'll have people, they'll recruit everyone. There's no, like, there's no racism because everyone there is part of that country. But I think when it comes to north america okay and and you have like let's say a guy like leonard growing up wanting to or jeremy lynn i think jeremy lynn extensively talks about racism in team sports and how growing up he was never picked because he's looked at as the asian kid who couldn't prove himself so that's a serious issue and that might explain why a lot of asians growing up they see their idols on tv on the international sports that are popular excelling at these individual events like gymnastics or diving you know or or golf i mean korean women dominate golf right now and then there's like a ton of other asian you know men japan korea tiger woods is part time michelle wee is korean um and this korean man named ye yang won the 2009 pga championship so mm-hmm. so you know so you see that and then as an asian kid you're like oh well, I see my idols winning at golf and all these things. So I'm going to try out for that and not try to be an NFL football player where American football guys, very few Asians. There's one guy named Dat Nguyen, who's Vietnamese, Teddy Bruschi, who's Filipino, and Heinz Ward, who was born Korea. And then, of course, the uh, NBA with Jeremy Lin, Yao Ming. That's about it. But most recently, uh, Washington Wizards, um, they recruited a guy named Rui Hachimura, mm-hmm. but he. Right, he's like half he's black. black. He just grew up in Japan. Right? Oh, really? I think so. Well, his last name's Hachimura. I know. Did, but he, just, I, did he just? But like, he, I don't think he's Japanese. Like, I mean, I mean, he's. Hmm. I gotta look this up. Actually, I don't, I don't want to say. Yeah, I, I, I kind of thought he was half Japanese. Japanese black. Maybe half, but like, I, I think. I think yeah, he, I don't know. I'll have to look it up. Yeah, I think he is half, but you know, yeah. Naomi is also half, and Tiger Woods is half. So it seems like the super combination is half black and half Asian, and you can be the best at sports. <laughs> well, you know, um, 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 uh, Naomi Osaka is now the highest earning f- um, female um, athlete in the world. She's getting tons yeah. of endorsements because she gets the American endorsements. The... She made last year $37 million for playing Oof. tennis. Yeah, That's I know. Amazing. 
it's it's it, it, it's kind of funny with uh there's just uh, there's just some sports where like the women's version excels and sometimes has like a larger fan base than the men's version and there's others like basketball where um it, it just doesn't like like compare as much so it's always interesting to see like which sports Absolutely. It really depends. Like the WNBA is fun to watch if you're like into fundamentals and you want to see like people playing below the rim. It's actually it's good. Yeah. It's like if you just really like basketball. It's great. If you just want to see people dunking on each other. Then yeah, it's actually I will get say, that too much. I will say one thing about about WNBA and every sport I play. M- most sports I play are popular for both men and women, like tennis, volleyball. Um, and like one thing I find with the WNBA is I think there should be dunking, but there I think the reason why WNBA doesn't work as well is because you don't get the highlights because they don't lower the net. And I feel like because it's predominantly American, they feel like lowering the net will make it seem like a cheaper version. But like in volleyball, obviously they lower the net for the women because you don't want to see people rolling and like drop shotting the ball all the time. It's like if yeah. women aren't as tall, bring it down yeah. because I want to see yeah. some women dunking on some bitches. That's true. <laughs> it would and in be golf, way more they have popular. Like a different tee. They tee like there's. Uh, they you know what? Closer. Yeah, it, it might it, be convincing me a little bit. Yeah, no, I don't no, know why I, women's basketball keeps it at the men's height. It's ridiculous. I've never seen this. Well, in whatever. Sport. Like I play basketball, I can't dunk anymore. So like, <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> I used to once upon a time. Female uh, WNBA players are are taller than some male players, so they're like, yeah. If yeah. you're a point guard, then as a woman, if you're taller than that, then hey. But I, yeah. I see your point. That does make sense. Yeah. By the way, the three like this is an Asian podcast, and we're talking about sports. Like, how about martial arts? Yeah, sumo wrestling. That's popular in Asia and not in the U.S. Well, okay, yeah, you sure. know what? Yeah. I, I had to stop following sumo wrestling because I feel like it brought shame upon Asia because it was always, so like, it was always obviously Japanese and then other Asians. And then just one white guy from the U.S. decided to take it up. And then he like went to Japan and like beat everybody's asses off in like the late 90s and I stopped watching. I was like, this is ridiculous. You're bringing shame on your continent by letting this one random white guy come in and beat all of y'all in your national sport because you couldn't get as fat as white people. It's ridiculous. Ridiculous. Funny. <laughs> Look it up, oh, white sumo wrestler. He brought shame upon all of us, and I have not followed sumo since then. Love to see female sumo wrestling. Them titties, like just <laughs> <laughs> just damn titties. <laughs> okay, um, so it's like pillow fighting is what you're. You, this is what you think. <laughs> um, Which is, uh, by the way, pillow fighting. I used to. I almost like went to do some like a friend of mine. He like bought and ran the pillow fighting league for a little while. <laughs> you could up the ante and do pregnant sumo wrestling. That seems really dangerous for the. <laughs> you could just and all of a sudden there's this like things would really be at stake. Think about it. Right? <laughs> more than the more than the gold. More than the gold. Exactly. Um, Okay, uh, th- thanks for that uh, spirited debate about uh, the role of sports in Asian culture. I want to give a shout out to uh, to Manga Is from um, from YouTube. Uh, thanks for the note on the echo. And um, when you sent that note, I-, I actually figured it out, and that's why it it, it stopped. So uh, thank you for giving me a note and then confirming it stopped. That is 
Much appreciated. So now that we're done our main topic, what we do now is go through some trending topics of the week. And first, we will head over to Jennifer, who wants to talk about um, somebody jumping on a moving bus. Yeah, well, I just saw it on CP24 today. It was this viral video of this man near Union Station jumping, like parkouring on a moving TTC bus. And I don't know, he must have a GoPro because I don't see how you could be like not hands-free when you're climbing on a moving bus, then like lying on the bus while it's moving, doing tricks all over this bus and like taking video of it. And so I think this is a thing in our generation now where there's a lot, and, and there's been a lot of videos. And this guy's just an example of people in China all over the world doing really dangerous stunts in an effort to go viral and gain fame. I will say it's better than like the 70s or 80s when you had people like Marilyn Manson just killing people for, for notoriety and fame. No, you know you what mean, I mean? You mean Charles Manson, right? Mar Marilyn Manson, I, as far as I know, did not kill anybody. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, not Charles Manson. Okay. Cool. I was like, I was like, we're gonna get sued by Marilyn Manson. Let's not. Let's not let's just say Marilyn Manson is a murderer. You hear it first on Rice. I'm so sorry. Okay. Yeah, Charles Manson. Like, I think a lot of serial killers just probably were just narcissists who weren't good at anything else and were slightly perverse, and they thought, okay, I'm gonna get famous, and like that Luca Magnata in Toronto. But I think the new way and, and kind of the selfless way is to just, you know, try to kill yourself doing stunts in your effort to get famous, you know? <laughs> At least you're not... But the thing with the TDC thing, it's dangerous because then you're distracting other drivers watching you do your stuff, and then you could be... Like, you call it cause a six-car accident. But I'm not even that passionate about that. I'm like, you know what? You can... If you can pull... There's <laughs> like, a topic I don't care about. Let's go on. <laughs> Oh, like the teens condemns this, like, and they're really upset about it. But it's like, you know what? I've seen worse things on a TDC bus, okay? This guy's just climbing over it like Spider-Man. Like, he could be the city hero for all we know. Like, I don't know why people are all upset. I, I, I get it. Whatever. It's fine. What I want to talk about, though, it's not a trending topic, but it does relate to driving. <laughs> I don't know if it's the pandemic, but who else is experiencing crazy road rage these days? No? Okay. <laughs> crazy road rage. I will say crazy road rage is more of a Toronto thing. It didn't really happen in, I will say it again, in the ghetto. Because, like, if, if you do road rage on somebody, they might have a gun and shoot you in the face. So you, you're a little bit more careful who you, like, go and, like, kick their car because they cut you off. You sort of have your life flash before your eyes. So uh, road yeah. rage is kind of new to me. But uh, tell us more, Jennifer. No, I just, I've noticed this thing, okay? You observe it next time you're in a car. I feel like people who drive with their arm outside the window, obnoxious trips. Every person with their arm outside the driver's side of the window, it's like, what are you doing? Why are you treating the road like it's your jacuzzi? Okay? And it's not like they're relaxed anyways. They're weaving in and out of lanes like they have somewhere they got to be. And they, when I pull up to them, because we're both at the red light now, they're just like, like all pissy. Like, what is your problem? And there, it's always the person with their arm outside the window, like the entire arm, you know? And I'm pissed about that because when I accidentally swipe your side view mirror, like, I don't think my insurance is going to cover bodily harm. Why are you swiping yeah. somebody's side 
mirror. <laughs> so all I know is I'm here. My car is there. I don't know how many centimeters that is. It looks pretty far away from me. So if I swipe your car window, okay, I'll pay for it. But if it's your arm, that's going to be a bigger issue. Like get your freaking arm inside the window. I just want to tell these little tricks. Who do you think you are driving with your arm outside the window? Okay. You're not even <laughs> cigarette get your arm back in the window that's the only reason i'm looking forward to winter is i don't have to see your stupid arm outside the window thank you that's my rant today <laughs> <laughs> you're just you're mad like your point was like i don't want people to have their arm outside the window because when i my car it's going to be worse for me <laughs> i don't know no, but just know that's, that's my takeaway from this rant. they're such freaks they just have this attitude like oh i'm so bored of driving why don't you concentrate huh why don't you concentrate if you're so <laughs> You know what? Well, you should be concentrating because you keep thinking you're going to hit other people all the time. <laughs> I know. I'm checking my phone. I am. Sorry. You know what? Usually <laughs> I, I feel like usually when, when, I, when I hate somebody or they annoy me, I just kind of think about like I, I guess I can't get too mad at somebody with their arm out the window because I just imagine someday it will get ripped off in a car accident. So that like brings me joy. So I can't even like hate them that no, but much because I'll be like almost saying f you. It's their way of saying f you. I don't respect you. It's a very bad. It's a sign of disrespect. They're no, really you know what? I the sign of disrespect is if you let somebody in and they don't do this thing. Yeah, that's bad too. That's all. I'm, like then I'm like, oh, I wish I had machine guns on the front of my car. <laughs> okay. But I'm going to shut up after this whole podcast. I'm not even going to talk about the Shaolin monks, but um, <laughs> I did something really bad today and I'm sure every parent can relate. So I picked up my son from a play date. I had the back seat, like the back door of the car open as I was trying to put the seatbelt on my son sitting in the middle seat. So my ass is out of like, I'm half in the car, half out the car. The door's open. We're on a quiet residential street and some biker comes around me and says, your door. And I lost it. Like, you know, when sometimes you can't react because you're so shocked at what happened this time I lost it. I closed the door and I started yelling at him. Like I did to this guy in China. And I was just like, F you you effing C-U-N-T, you could have gone around us. And it was a really stupid thing for me to do because my kids were in the car and I put everyone in danger because this guy could have been a psychopath. Like I know he was on a bike and I was in a car, but he could have come back with like a can of spray paint or something. I don't know, something dangerous. Yeah, like, 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 like spray paint. That's the thing that you <laughs> no, and then, no, but my kids witnessed me in this unfine moment where I was just cursing nonstop, like Tourette syndrome, F-U-C-K, like so bad. And I was like, I'm going to catch that guy and run him over. That's what I said. To my <laughs> so, so right now I'm really hearing that all the road rage is. <laughs> I'm. Think I have anger issues. (laughs) I feel like there's something else going on this week that we're not aware of that's bringing out this rage, but uh, that's okay. I apologize, kids. It's fine. (laughs) Run people over. I love it. Swearing so much. No, you know, but you know, but I understand, like, because sometimes bikers, like, look, like, when I'm a biker, like, it always annoys me when other bikers don't follow the rules of the road. I'm like, you are also vehicles on the road. Follow the oh. rules. You're making everybody else look bad. Like, one time I was uh, I was on the Gardener. It's a highway downtown Toronto. It was nighttime, but it was, like, bumper-to-bumper traffic for some reason. And all I saw were headlights. And I wanted to change lanes. And I started. And for some reason, I just went a little slower than I would normally. Three motorcycles 
went lane splitting right between the thing. If I had gone like just a second faster, all three of them are dead. Yeah. And so they whiz past lane splitting. And the third guy somehow thinks, oh, I'm at fault. He punches my side mirror and breaks it. And oh. I was like, oh, you mother. I was so mad, right? Yeah, yeah I can do about it. And I was like, I wish I had killed you all. I wish, I wish. Like, I never really want, like, and it would have been an accident. I would have ran that been... bitch over. I don't I care. Just to bump I would have. I don't care, y'all. <laughs> I don't care. No, I, I would. would. So mad, and I was like, I was so mad. I was like, what if, like, if I done that and you all died, I would have been so pissed. I was like, now nah, just kill the stupid people, but like by accident. Like, I want if I kill a stupid person, I want it to be on purpose. You know, like I want it to be deliberate, like for a reason, and that they know why I'm doing it. Like, it was so mad. But and again, like Vong, like you said, you know, the only thing that consoled me, I was like, oh, these guys statistically they're already dead. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they're gonna yeah. die. So there's, there's no, no point being. No, I'm sure one of them is dead already right now. Like, there's no question in my mind. At least one of them is already dead. Yeah, I, I later learned that the guy was actually like an alcoholic. Like he was around the corner buying alcohol. So I'm like, he was probably drunk, and I got so mad for nothing then, because he was. Because <laughs> if you're a drunkard on a bike, then I can excuse your behavior. But if you're like, <laughs> tell the story with that drunk guy. I did tell that story. I did tell that story. And I was just Wait, what did did the kid, what what was your, let me hear his version of the story. What happened? Oh, the biker was drunk. He was driving through. And then my mom was putting (laughs) on my because it was really hard to put it on. And then the door was open. And the guy's like, shut the effing door. (laughs) 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 And then my mom just says, and then she screams like, and then she's like, "What do you punch?" What all this happened? And then Kate, she uses her like skateboard, running through, looking right after us, like shocked. I was thinking she can go and bump into a little pole. Oh my god, okay. This is, I'm the worst parent. Okay. This will be our podcast, but wow, what a good one. <laughs> okay, thank you, Jennifer, for that. Uh, those tales of road rage. Um, moving oh on god. to our next topic, um, we'll go to Leonard, who wants to talk about Raptors president Masai Ujiri being vindicated. Yes. Uh, oh, man. Okay, so, like, I don't know if you guys... For those who don't know the story, basically, last year, when the Raptors won the NBA championship, Masai Ujiri, president of the Raptors, tall black man, went down to the court to, like, celebrate with his team, and then some dickhead security guard... Well, cop. He's a deputy sheriff, actually. Uh, stopped him, and then, like, shoved him, uh, and, like, claimed he didn't have a pass, shoved him, was like, he's suspicious, whatever, whatever. You know, whatever reason it has got to make up in their head to, like you know, <laughs> victimize a black man. And, and of course, uh, you know, like the, the cop had one version of it saying like, oh, he punched me. And then the punch like ruined the body cam footage. And then the, this, his department, the Alameda uh, State uh, Police Department was like, oh yeah, like the footage totally backs up this pop's version of offense, uh, events. 
Uh, no, you can't see the footage, but trust us, it's it's there. And and then this cop sued Masai Ujiri and the Maple Leaf Sports Entertainment for millions of dollars, saying that like it like caused him emotional distress and whatever. And then his wife sued Masai Ujiri and like MLSE for millions of dollars, saying like, oh, this emotional trauma means his her husband can't comfort him, comfort her, which is like saying, oh, Masai punched him so hard his dick stopped working, which I'm sure it didn't before. <laughs> and then, like, here's the thing though, like. You know, like, yes, every day, like, cops are, like, victimizing people of color. And most of the time, these people don't have the resources to do anything about it. But Mustafa Ujiri is the president of an NBA championship team with a billion dollar, like, a multi-billion dollar organization behind him. So they were like, oh, we're going to fuck these guys up. And so then they lawyered up and then they got the footage, which was just released recently, completely, like, demolishes this cause version of events. Like, you see Masai coming down. You know, and he's just walking. And then you, there's two versions. There's the body cam footage and there's like arena version of the footage where you can see the cop just waiting for him to come. Like he spotted him and he's just waiting for him to come. Like he's going to do, he's going to start some shit. And like maybe he was just mad. He was like, oh, the Raptors just beat my team. That's the only reasonable justification to come. Because it's not like, oh, this is the big black man at an NBA basketball game. That's so suspicious. <laughs> um, yeah, in a suit, walking down and he's re a recognizable face. Yeah. He's not like he's not famous. Exactly. Well, I mean, well, to be honest, to them because they're yeah. so eccentric. But yeah, but like, I mean, but when you see the footage, like you see him aside, like he's starting to pull out his his pass, and the guy shoves him, and he's saying, "Get the fuck away from me!" And the Masai's was like, "Why did you shove me? I am the president of the Raptors." Like he's so confused, he doesn't understand yeah. why this happened. And then the cop shoves him again, at which point Jerry's like, "What?" And he shoves him back, and then that's where it ends. But it's like. Insane. Yeah. So now Masai is countersuing, and I hope he takes this dude for yes. every goddamn penny he's got. Because, like, and I want the Raptors to win another championship so he can properly <laughs> experience winning a championship without a dickhead cop, you know, assaulting him for no goddamn yeah. reason. And the thing that pisses me off the most is that this dude, this cop, this deputy sheriff, if you look at, like, the there's, like, a list of how much people make. Last year, he made $334,000. Oh a lot for a stupid cop. Yeah, like just that much money to like watch basketball with a gun. I'm like, what? Yeah. So anyways, basically, if there is any reason to defund the goddamn police. It's that. That yeah. is it. Well, yeah. yeah, that and, you know, not to raise another topic, but what happened in Wisconsin with Jacob Blake, like that's just ridiculous. With three now kids in the back of the car shooting a black man with his back turned to you, with three kids in the fucking park. That could have been you. <laughs> yeah, it could have been the cyclist. It could have been a racist cop cyclist shooting an Asian woman in the back. But I just mean, like, it's it really is a problem that is not going away. And it's... Oh, and mommy, you... Yeah, you know, what I'll say, I've got a couple points with the, with the Masai Ujiri thing. One is, it just goes to show that no matter how rich you are or how famous you are, that you're not immune to it. Because sometimes when you get, like, you know, black celebrities or visible minority celebrities complaining about racism, people just sort of, you know, say, oh, whatever, you're rich, it doesn't affect you. But this just goes to show, like, it, it doesn't matter whether you're rich or not, They whether you're in a suit they're always only going to see you one way. If they're racist, they're racist. But the other yeah. thing is, on the countersuit and the revenge part, I'm actually a bit upset at MSI because he's come up publicly saying that the countersuit is mainly just to get 
um, the police uh, guy and the sheriff's department to like drop their suit. And as soon as that's done, he'll drop his countersuit. So he's not trying to make them bleed. And for me, I'm like, when you have the power, I want him to bankrupt that whole goddamn sheriff's department. I want him to go for yeah. blood. I don't need. So like what I get really mad at is like, I feel like. Okay, here's a bit of a, a, a related rant, but I'm kind of mad at Michelle Obama for her. When they go low, we go high, all this bullshit. What people don't understand is like, like me, Michelle Obama is from the ghetto and y'all are misinterpreting that. When she says, when they go low, we go high, she means stab him in the face. Because if you stab a white guy in the leg, he's just going to come <laughs> back in like a fucking wheelchair and still sue your ass. You need to get the job done, people. Masai Ujiri, do not let them off the hook bankrupt that whole goddamn police department stab him in the face this is like some ender game shit if you yeah. read that book or seen that movie yeah it's just like if yeah. you are playing an yeah. opponent like you just beat him so hard that he cannot ever come back like triple a motherfucker like yeah. that's yeah yeah don't don't Take the high road. Do not take the high road unless it involves stabbing somebody. Unless it's a better place to hide bodies. <laughs> yeah, please, Messiah. Okay. Uh, not that Messiah is watching this, but if somebody you know Messiah is watching you need to tell him, don't let this go. You've already said in public that... It's important for you to pursue this because other people without your means, as Leonard was saying, wouldn't be able to pursue this. But you know what? If if you don't want the money, then sue them, bankrupt them bitches, and give it to Black Lives Matter, okay? But somebody needs to get that money and somebody needs to make these people pay because they're trying to extort your ass. And if you weren't like a gazillionaire, they would have gone away with it. Yeah. But they're doubling down like that. Like even after this footage was released, oh. and it's very clear that this 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 officer was the instigator of all the violence. Like the Alameda County PD was like, "No, we still stand by our version of events. Don't believe what the lawyers are telling you. It's like, I don't believe your eyes and ears. Just just do what the cops say. Mm. We've always been at war with East Eurasia." <laughs> yeah. Oh, right, thank you for thank you for that. Uh... Leonard, um, our next topic. So a lot of our trending topics this week, because the main topic is sports, um, our trending topics a lot are also related to sport. And um, Leonard actually submitted this one, but I'll sort of uh, I'll sort of do the intro on it. But uh, jump in at any time, Leonard, because I don't want to steal your topic. It's um, it's uh, there's currently a um, so the the NBA playing in a bubble <laughs> in Orlando, probably the safest place on earth. Um, but one of the best players right now is his name is his name is a uh, Luka Doncic. He's he is Slovenian. You know his nickname is Hala Luka. He is just killing it. He's awesome. Um, you know MVP candidate. He's and obviously being Slovenian, he's white. And one of the other basketball players, uh, Montrez Harrell from the LA Clippers, who um, he's playing against, called One of the him, most unlikable teams in the bubble. For- Oh, I hate the LA Clippers. Don't get don't get me. We'll we'll cover the LA Clippers another time. Actually, we covered them before with their strip club chicken wings player, um, Lemon Pepper Lou, Lou. <laughs> Lemon Pepper Lou Williams. Um, but anyway, that whole team just I don't like any of them. But then this guy he called um, Luka Doncic a. You know, usually I would uh, refrain myself, but this is an uncensored podcast, so I think he called him a bitch-ass white boy. But the thing is, 
You don't have to censor yourself. Jennifer's kids have already said punt on the air. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, I can't say, I don't know. Okay, so I, I was trying to get my head around this because, you know, uh, earlier Jennifer mentioned um, Jeremy Lin, and it was very tough for him because people would use a lot of, like, anti-Asian slurs on the basketball court, and he talked about this in a documentary, and it really affected him. But I just, I don't know. Like, there's been a big apology about calling him a white guy and all this stuff. I just don't, maybe I just don't have sympathy for white people. I don't really know, but it's not like, I I don't think it made Luca feel bad. I just, I don't know. I can't, like, as far as trash talk, calling somebody a white guy, in basketball, it's kind of a compliment. It's like, whoa, you're good in spite of being white. Like, I think, anyway, I feel like I'm going to get canceled now, but... It's like I feel like no, go on. Yeah, I, I I get it. If a white guy said the same thing to a black person and mentioned the race, maybe we just shouldn't mention race when we're trash talking. But if you've ever played a sport and you're trash talking, you know like nothing's off limits. It's usually like telling them a hundred ways you're gonna like, you know, fucking kill their mom. Like calling them a white guy is like so I don't know. I I don't know. And the only reason why it's pretty it's, yeah, it's not that horrible in the grand scheme of like matt barnes basically had the exact same argument that you did like literally almost word for word it's like it's the court it's you can say anything you want on the court it's thick off the court whatever it's like it's like how comedians talk about comedy clubs it's like now it's church you can say anything you want i mean yeah anyway you know what i mean yeah i i I just like i get the argument sometimes when you're like well if you apply it to the reverse situation like a black guy or an Asian guy, but I don't, I don't think it's the same thing. I think the power structure is different and calling Luca a white guy, I don't think has the same effect as calling Jeremy Lin a chink or calling a black guy, a black name that probably that racist cop would have called Masai Ujiri if we had the audio. But like, um, I, I think it's different. I do think it's different. I just don't think calling a white guy, a white guy, during basketball is a slur. Well, bitch ass white boy. <laughs> but no, it was but, the boy and the bitch ass, which is really the problems. The white part. No, bitch sure, ass. That's an just, adjective. That's but just bitch like, ass and boy. Bitch ass is like <laughs> that's just a term of endearment in the ghetto. Like for instance, and and y'all can ask my boyfriend. Like I don't even call Kevin Durant Kevin Durant. He's just bitch ass hoe. Or sometimes ho-ass bitch. Like, that's just what I call him. And when I say, damn that ho-ass bitch, he knows exactly who I'm talking about. It's a term of endearment. It's a term of... It's different. It is different. So the bitch-ass is fine. The white guy is fine. Oh, and the only reason... I'm actually, like, one of my... uh, Like, sorry, I... One of my friends, uh, Hodo Hersey, great comedian. She's, uh... (laughs) She's black. And so then, every now and then, she calls me a bitch. And I was like, I don't know, man. Could you not? Could you just call me the N-word instead? I would much prefer that. And so she does, and it feels much better. Like, I love that. Like, I'm like, this is great. Like, this is, like, the closest I'm going to get to winning a BET award. But, like... Yeah. No, <laughs> can't just do the combo. The combo's not allowed. If you say bitch-ass white boy, it's not allowed. You can say bitch-ass, and you can say white boy, but you can't say bitch-ass white boy, because then it's, like... It's, it's too much. It's yeah. Too- and then, yeah. and then you're bringing race into the derogatory of the bitch ass. It's just too much. And really, I think really the problem is like right now, like 
uh, the NBA is very much into like supporting Black Lives Matters. There's like players on the court with equality all over the back of their jerseys, and now it's like, well, equality it has to be equality for everybody, yeah. even the white people. And and the Raptors even are though they may not feel the same. Yeah, <laughs> but we kind of rise above to the high road where we bury the bodies. No, it was really uh, powerful listening to uh, Fred Van Vliet talking about how a lot of the players on the Raptors want to boycott the playoffs because of the recent events in Wisconsin. And I think that's true because it's like, they're kind of like, well, we're just going through the motions. Like nothing's changing. And yeah. it, it's like, it's in vanity. Like, what are we wow, doing? That would be huge if the Raptors just like, cause they could take this whole thing. What a, what an insane thing for them to do. And now we'll be like, just give them another championship. If they do, if they do that, give them yeah. another trophy. It would be hundred percent. It would be quite the move for sure, for sure. Um, one thing I do want to and for a Canadian team, for a Canadian <laughs> team to boycott something that's primarily happening in America, uh, yeah, that would be insane. Like fuck you, Draymond Green. Yes, it affects everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but when just wrapping up this uh, this topic, I do want to say like with the um, like these types of um, trash talk happens all the time. The only reason why it's being picked up on microphone is because there's no crowd. So I just think everybody needs to calm the F down. If y'all in the front row um, of You're these basketball, you hear all this shit. Just because there's a microphone, let's not pretend like they're actually sorry. You know, they have this whole apology. One thing I do want to say, and I feel like it's a topic in here that we should dissect, but we'll do it on another podcast because it's a bigger topic. But it's the definition of racism. And like, I feel like visible minorities tend to define racism and attach it to power structures. So mm. you can't actually be racist toward a white person because that's the power structure. But white people define it more evenly where you can be racist to white people. And I will say, I think it's ridiculous that you should let the people being affected by racism define racism as opposed to people who are oppressing. But that's, it. It, what? Yeah. It's oh. almost like, okay, we created it and we're saying, yeah, no, I, I understand what you mean. Cause I did some jokes on TikTok and like some white people were like, Oh, well you're being racist now because you're calling out white people. That's racist. And that's like the whole, like all lives matter type of mentality where it's like, you don't even see that you are part of the problem. Yeah. Or then, well, you're racist. But I do say that, yeah, there I don't know. It, it's such a it's such a complicated topic. Yeah, we'll definitely have it on a future topic. I have been called racist for almost my entire career, mainly because my first ever comedy sketch was called I Hate White People. But there's a whole there's a whole thing behind that. It, it, it had deeper meaning. It had deeper meaning. Um, but even if it didn't, it's, it's still a true statement. But um, yeah, someone would say, oh, my God, what if I was a white person that had a podcast called I Hate Chinese People? Like, you see, yeah. it'd be like. It'd be like not okay, but if an Asian or a black person said I hate white people, it's like there's 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 a reverse thing. I I feel like I have to explain it now, but it's um it was it was an allegory of my time in Alberta. I'll I'll just say it it was more than the surface. So if anybody gives me hate mail, um, you should at least look up that actual sketch before you um. It it was a human rights piece. Let's put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> I hate white people, the human rights piece. Um, 
Okay, so our final topic, um, speaking of racist white people, um, the the conservatives, are they conservatives now, progressive conservatives, whatever the hell they're called? Um, so the Conservative Party of Canada um, has chosen their new leader, and the good thing is they didn't choose the most racist one, Derek Sloan, who we've covered previously for, yes. you know, questioning Teresa Tam's allegiance to China and then it said it had nothing to do with the fact that she was like Asian. Oh, okay, whatever. Yeah. Anyway, I am happy. Yeah, I am happy that he got the least amount of, like the least amount of votes because he is. I'll use the term again: a bitch ass white boy. So, <laughs> Derek Sloan, you suck, and I'm glad you came in last place. But. That being said, the person who came in first place, Aaron O'Toole, which is also a perfect name for another bitch-ass white boy, his whole slogan is, take back Canada. Let's take back Canada. A true blue conservative. Let's take back Canada. This is like the Canadian version of Make America Great Again. Do not vote for this hoe. I am as mad at trusting Trudeau as anybody else. Like, all these scandals are ridiculous. But can our alternative not be... Like, white supremacists? Like, is this our option? You know, corruption or white supremacists? Like, come on, people. At least at least Justin Trudeau is giving me my Serb. Like, I don't know what else to say. <laughs> like, no white supremacists. Like, that's a deal breaker. Even more so than, like, an unqualified celebrity kid who has no qualifications other than his last name. Like, I would vote for somebody else if the option was not a white supremacist. Please. Who, well, I who think you should are read. they taking Canada back from? Exactly. Right? Who are they taking Canada back from? Is it it's you people, right? It's the Quebecers. <laughs> really? I, I feel like because <laughs> I, I feel like because their base is in Western Alberta, they're gonna try and say they mean take it back from Ontario because where wow. however Ontario votes, that's how the country goes, and they're feeling powerless. It's sort of like a Wexit thing. And I did live in Alberta, so I do have to represent that perspective. But that's the thing with racism. There's always plausible deniability. You always give a little hint where it might not be racist, even though it completely is. Just it yeah, yeah. It just Well, can I just say one pro for Aaron O'Toole? <laughs> I can't even hear sure. that without laughing. Hold on. That his name is so eminently make funnable. Um, he is, guys. He is pro-choice, which proves that even the most douchey conservative in Canada is better than any conservative in America. You know what's hilarious? Like the 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 conservative one of the conservative candidates uh, was it Les Leslin? Was her name? Um, like the Afri- like the the black conservative candidate. People wanted to win. Like she was actually a social conservative, where it was like very much like not pro-choice and like Mm. you know like anti-lgbtq and it's like you know weird that the white guy was the progressive choice (laughs) yeah yeah interesting also by the way Aaron O'Toole one of his big platforms is defunding the CBC he wants to slash funding for CBC in half and then privatize it before the end of his first term and he says there's already enough Canadian content we're done (laughs) So basically, like, if, if this guy gets no power, I'm out of a job. Like, I'm done. Like, most of my money comes with the CBC. I love the CBC. Do not defund the CBC. Defunding the CBC means defunding me. No. Wow. 
Yeah, let's. Yeah, please, Justin Trudeau, just don't be such a fuck up. Like, please, please do not let us have a white supremacist because you couldn't check with the ethics commissioner on shit. Like, just stop. Stop your craziness or else the white supremacist is going to take power. Like, Justin, it's not that hard. We're going to white supremacist because our liberal prime minister was in blackface. That's Oh, I can't. I can't even. What the world? Jagmeet, please do better. Please do better. I'm. I. I hope what? you're. I hope you're Jagmeet. using this experience to become a, you know, a viable candidate next time. Let's let's go, Jagmeet. I'm hoping for Jagmeet. Oh, where's Jack Layden when you need him? Um, he's he's in Biden's speech. That's where he is. Oh. <laughs> oh, Did you know Biden die. plagiarizer? Did you guys know Biden plagiarized a lot before? Well, that's what I was saying. Yeah. No, no, no. I think something's going to happen with this election. Like Dave and I were talking about it. And it's just like the conservatives in power. There's things trending on Twitter about Trump's son celebrating. People are speculating that he was high off coke. Like they just have a plan that they like. You guys just watch. They are going to dig up some dirt about Biden that's going to make it in their favor because there's just so much at stake for these corrupted pedophile conservatives that are backing up Trump, even though, though, like, he's proven, like, so much corruption, but they support him. So they, yeah. like, they have too much at stake to let Biden win, and something's going to happen. Just watch. Yeah, this is the party yeah. that still supported Roy Moore after he was proven to be a pedophile, like, a proven pedophile, and he still got something like 46% of the vote or something crazy shit i mean if you see like bill barr's father like so bill barr currently current attorney general of oh. the u.s so he had a uh, a whole relation like his father had a whole relationship with epstein because he like hired epstein to be like a teacher at the private school he was working at and then bill barr's father wrote a novel that was published about a bunch of rich people who ran sex like a child sex slave like ring and it's like Write what you know. Write what you know. (laughs) It's crazy. It's crazy. And and it's a coin flip somehow. I I just I don't understand, but whatever. (laughs) Okay, that is the end of our trending topic. So we're gonna move on to our movie of the week. Um Shaolin Soccer starring Stephen Chow. Um let's head over to uh Leonard. What did you think of this movie? Okay, man, what a ridiculous movie. <laughs> <laughs> I remember watching this, like, I'm like, what is, what is happening? What? Why is everybody insane? Uh, yeah, it was really, I just remember, like, I mean, I don't know, because, like, if the movie was getting crazier, if I was getting higher, like, I think <laughs> a combination of the, the, the two, but I was like, this makes no sense. This is, like, obviously it has nothing to do with real soccer, because, like, in real soccer, like, when the players fall over and scream in pain, they, like, they've not been hit at all. In this movie, they're just getting kicked in the face. Like, it's it's bananas. Um, yeah, it was just a bananas movie, and I thought it was really, really stupid the entire time. And then the next morning I woke up, and I was, like, thinking back on it positively. So I'm like, okay. They did something correct, <laughs> but it's bizarre. <laughs> it makes no sense. I actually, I really loved it. Um, I 
for some reason I thought I hadn't watched it, but now I remember I did watch it. It's my I remember my dad uh, making me watch it when I was younger. Um, he was like super into it. I, I I like we sort of chose the movie because I knew Stephen Chow from Kung Fu Hustle, and I love that movie. Um, so apparently this was like the movie he made right before that. So I was like, oh, what did he make before? And I thought I hadn't seen it, but I had. And it's like Leonard said, it is crazy. But in all the best ways, um, you know, com- combining Kung Fu, Shaolin style with soccer, I would say the special effects were actually pretty cool, like in a cheesy kind of way. Um, and, you know, I don't know much about soccer, but it probably taught me a lot. <laughs> the special effects were probably like similar to like Avatar, like The Last Airbender, which, by the way, the creators of Airbender, like Avatar said that they were actually greatly influenced by this movie in, like, showing how to, like, bend air and whatever. I was like, cool. Ah. All right. You know what? I I do have a thing. I'm just going to go on a little bit of an Avatar rant, but I'm kind of mad. If anybody who likes Avatar, I hate you, because Avatar is literally just every manga ever, but, like, made by white people. And if you don't like manga, but you like Avatar, you need to, like, reexamine your life. Okay, that was a message for me. Uh, I love <laughs> <laughs> I, I love Avatar too. No, so I don't know. no, it is a bad version of every manga ever. Okay, well, okay, for the listeners, then if if you have not seen Avatar, or if you have seen Avatar and you love it, Vong, what is a manga that they should read just to sh- just so they can be like, so that you can be like, ah, see, now you know Naruto. And I know people think Naruto is for kids, but. That guy is brilliant. That, (laughs) as far as, as far as a fighting manga, like, I would say, like, the Naruto fandom, he has created such a physics-based world with his own rule set that you have the same types of, like, um, the same type of, like, fanboy battles between, like, who would win between Naruto or Sasuke as you have... For a tennis fandom, like who would win, like who's the best of all time with like Federer and Nadal? Like it's so realistic that actually you can have these really in depth, like thought battles. It's not like Dragon Ball where it's like, well, obviously Goku would win because he's like level 20,000. That guy's level 19,000. Like you need to go see it after you see the fighting of Naruto and the strategy involved. Everything else, like Avatar, is just. Rip off ass shit. Okay. Support Asian creators. Don't go for the white version of Asian style storytelling. Stop it. Yes. Oh, man. Okay. Speaking so, of ripping <laughs> off shit, the climactic song in Shaolin Soccer <laughs> is the same as one of the songs from The Lion King. What? It's like the, th- the melody is exactly the same. Yeah. Remember, okay, remember the scene. So I haven't seen the whole movie, but that scene when they're doing the karaoke, like, no, the performance in the bar, and they are they have that condom monk helmet over their heads. They're basically doing, like, Shaolin Kung Fu is great, but they're doing it to the tune of California Dream. Oh, yeah, no, they, that, that was definitely, like, a ripoff of that, too. That was... This movie was so funny. I wish I was high when, like, I'm going to finish it and just... <laughs> oh, eat a wee so cookie, good. enjoy. You no, know, because it honestly feels like an extended TikTok video, but more so 
like a music video from Flight of the Concords. That's what it is. Like <laughs> Brett Germain, just like, whoa, 1987 David Bowie. And I, I think in all its goofiness and craziness, I think the underlying theme, which is so kind of counterintuitive to a movie, uh, to Hong Kong culture, or just people in Hong Kong in general, I will say, is this, or even Asian dreams, really, is is that the message of this movie is follow your dreams. And there's a scene in the beginning where it's, he's talking to the guy like, no, I, like, you know, I guess the Stephen Chow character, he's like, no, I really want to like, spread Shaolin and how great it is. And he's like, well, look at you. You're a peasant. Like you're a flea. You've got no shoes and you look like shit. And he's like, why should I like, why don't you just like, he's like, because the fire has been ignited in me. And the guy's like, well then put it out. And he's like, no, but it will reignite again. So there's this message about like not giving up on what makes you feel alive. And I think if you go to Hong Kong, a lot of people act like they are dead. Because it's just about money. It's just about working. No one's really happy. They're just doing it for the, you know, external kind of validation, the surface goods. And so, like, that's what, not just Hong Kong, but in China, like, it's very different than, like, the American dream or what we here in the West kind of uh, propose, which is that do what makes you happy. That's not the case in Asia. So I think this movie had that element. Yeah, yeah. No, there's there's a lot of great things. Um, I would say if if you like the aspects that you seem to really like about this, were really amplified in Kung Fu Hustle. So I'm not sure if you've seen that, but definitely like the music, the dancing, really went up to another level. Um, and the production values, of course, I guess the success of this gave him a much bigger budget. I will say, I'm always distracted watching Stephen Chow movies because he looks like 95 percent like one of my exes. Like, like really, really similar to one of my exes. I was that, that that's a good thing, but I was really distracted. I was like, oh my god, he looks just like Peter. He looks just like Peter. Um, shout out to Peter if you're listening to this. Um, but <laughs> yeah, I get along with my exes. They're cool. Um, it's hard in the gay community. You have to because you're gonna run into them. So if you hate a bitch, you can't just like cut them off. Although I guess Where? I, what? No, that was really rude. Okay, no. <laughs> Although I guess in comedy, I like, you know, I'm really good at making enemies, but maybe I don't apply that to the gay community. Um, okay, that's uh, that's the end of our topic and the end of our um, podcast. I, I just want to end, though, with I, I, I do want to say something because we got a lot of hate mail this week because of last week's um, trending topic of don't boycott Mulan. And listen, okay, stop calling me a communist shill. Stop calling me. Listen, all I'm saying is, okay, and I'm looking directly into the camera at you haters. I am not pro-communism, okay? My country got taken over by communists, and we effing left, okay? All I'm saying is, if you really think you're making a difference by boycotting a movie that's hurting, like, investment into Asian narratives, then you need to check yourself, okay? It ain't even... This is, like, when people... Okay, here's my thing. When I was younger, so I didn't... I I, I never partook in politics and shit because I always felt like um, if I wanted to make a difference, I would make it myself. And I always said, I don't support a person. I support a cause. So like I started common cares. I've done a lot with like different, different human rights conferences and such. 
And for me, I would get really pissed off because I had this thing where like I wouldn't sign petitions because I always felt like if I really felt strongly about something, I would go do something about it. I ain't going to just put down my name on a piece of paper and then feel good about myself. So all you performative ass bullshit bitches who are like, let's boycott Mulan. You ain't doing jack shit. If you wanted to do jack shit, do something instead of getting on the Internet, yelling at me, somebody who actually does do jack shit. Like, in my own spare time, okay, hoes? Look it up. Look it up. So y'all can just go whatever. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) Go boycott. Go feel like you're doing shit, but you ain't doing shit. You're just hurting other Asians, okay? (laughs) Uh, Jennifer Leonard, do you want to say anything? Because they were attacking you as well. Communist shells. Those peppers said... Give it to me hard. Like, just not hard, but just tell me. Yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna improve upon perfection with that rant. So just you're done. I'm done. Yeah. Thirteen yeah, thumbs down. Y'all can go eat yourselves. I don't know. My God. I hope you get cock raped. Okay. Um. <laughs> that was a callback in case anybody's only hearing this out of context. That was a callback to earlier before you judge it. Okay, um, thank you. Have a great night. And uh, go see Mulan because we're going to do a whole review special. Um, we'll see you next next week. Bye-bye. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.